Lord, and welcome to our weekly 30-minute podcast, The Elephant in the Room with Bishop Michael Bellamy. Our podcast will cover various topics that are often overlooked, misunderstood, or even controversial from a biblical perspective. We're blessed to have a team of wonderful producers who want to make each episode something that will be enjoyable and informative. During this episode, we will discuss the purpose and importance of praise and worship and the similarities and differences between the two acts. Today's podcast was produced by Elder Maurice and Lady Satoya Clanton. It was edited by Lady Satoya Clanton and Sister Tainika Harris Coronado. I'll be right back with today's episode. What is worship? Anyone can praise the Lord as we see in the word in Psalms 150 and 6. While praise holds several similarities to worship, the act of worship is an individual, intimate encounter between a person and God. What does it mean to worship? Dictionary.com defines the act of worship as feeling and adoring reverence or regard for any person or thing. AV1611.com defines worship as chiefly and eminently the act of paying divine honors to the supreme being or the reverence and homage paid to him in religious exercises, consisting in adoration, confession, prayer, thanksgiving, and the like. One great example of a worshiper is, yeah, you're right, King David. In the book of Psalms, we see over and over again how David leaned on the deep, intimate relationship he cultivated with God while tending to the sheep in the fields. Psalms 23, a well-known and beloved passage of Scripture, gives us a beautiful depiction of how David communed with God and trusted that the Lord would walk with him every day. Seven Characteristics of Worship In Psalms 96, verse 9, O worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Fear before him all the earth. In the 2016 article, Seven Principles to Plan and Practice Corporate Worship, the writers at Lifeway Research, a ministry of Lifeway Christian Resources, define worship as our whole person responds Everything God has revealed about himself, his character, purposes, ways, and will in his son, Jesus Christ. They identify seven characteristics and principles of true worship with it. One, being God-centered. Two, being Christ-focused. Three, being spirit-empowered. Four, being word-based. Five, 
requiring us to engage with God with our whole purpose. Six, resulting in edification. And finally, number seven, being about more than Sunday. And thinking about these seven characteristics and principles, we see something quite clear. Worship is not about us. Worship is not meant to give us the warm and fuzzies that most people look for when they go to church. But it is a way for us to connect with God on a deeper level so that he can commune with our spirits. Let's take a closer look at each of these components of true worship. God-centered. The Lifeway Research wrote, As we prepare our hearts for worship, we want to emphasize that worship is about God. Not us or our preferences. The work gives us explicit instructions on how to approach God as we offer our worship and adoration to him in Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verses 1 through 7. I'll read it from the King James Version. Keep thy foot when thou goest to the house of God and be more ready to hear than to give the sacrifice of fools. For they consider not that they do evil. Do not be rash with thy mouth and let not thine heart be hasty to utter anything before God. For God is in heaven and thou upon earth. Therefore, let thy words be few. For a dream cometh through the multitude of business, and a fool's voice is known by multitude of words. When thou vowest a vow unto God, defer not to pay it, for he hath no pleasure in fools. Pay that which thou hast vowed. Better is it that thou shouldest not vow than that thou shouldest vow and not pay. Suffer not thy mouth to cause thy flesh to sin. Neither say thou before the angel that it was an error. Wherefore should God be angry at thy voice and destroy the work of thine hands? For in the multitude of dreams and many words there are also divers vanities. But fear thou God. Christ-focused, the Lifeway research stated, it pleased God to reveal himself through the Son and to reconcile us to himself through Jesus' death. So, with the disciples, we worship Jesus. He is the focus of worship because he's the focus of the Father's work. Jesus was found worthy of God to serve as the ultimate sacrifice for our salvation. As it is written in Colossians chapter 1, verses 19 through 20, which reads, For it pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell, and, having made peace through the blood of his cross, by him to reconcile all things unto himself, by him, I say, whether they be things in earth or things in heaven. 
Revelations chapter 5, verses 11 through 13, drives home the place of honor that Jesus holds as the propitiation of our sins. And I beheld, and I heard the voice of many angels round about the throne, and the beast, and the elders, and the numbers of them were ten thousand times ten thousand, and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power, and riches, and wisdom, and strength, and honor, and glory, and blessings. And every creature which is in heaven, and on earth, and under the earth, and such as are in the sea, and all that are in them, heard I saying, Blessings, and honor, and glory, and power, be unto him that sitteth upon the throne and unto the Lamb for ever and ever. Now let's talk about being spirit empowered. Regarding true worship being spirit empowered, the Lifeway Research said only those who have been made alive and indwelt by the Holy Spirit can truly worship God. These are the true worshipers God seek. In John chapter 4, verses 19 through 26, we read the encounter Jesus had with the Samaritan woman at the well and how he revealed to her the criteria for true worship before God. The woman said to him, Sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet, our fathers worshipped in this mountain, and ye say, that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. And Jesus saith unto her, Woman, believe me, the hour cometh, when ye shall neither in this mountain nor at Jerusalem worship the Father. Ye worship ye know not what. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour cometh and now is, when true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. The woman saith unto him, I know that Messiah cometh, which is called Christ. When he is come, he will tell us all things. Jesus saith unto her, I that speak unto thee am he. This is Bishop Michael Bellamy. I hope you enjoy our podcast and subscribe to our Facebook page. You will find our weekly 30-minute podcast on many of your favorite platforms. Would you please tell your family and friends to listen in as well? We would also love to hear from you. Feel free to connect with us on Facebook and via email at theelephant2022 at gmail.com. 
Jesus was our perfect example of being spirit empowered, which allowed him to hear from his father. He was the embodiment of Isaiah 61 and 1, which reads, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to them that are bound. When we have God's Spirit within us, we possess the same power that Jesus had because the Holy Spirit aligns us with God's will once we surrender to him. Now, what does it mean to be word-based? The Lifeway Research elaborated on true worship being word-based with the following. God's word, the Bible, is the basis for everything we do in worship. And because true worship is word-based, when we gather, we want to read the word, sing the word, pray the word, preach the word, and see the word. Baptism and the Lord's Supper. The word tells us that by studying the word and meditating on it every day, we strengthen our relationship with God beyond praise. Psalms 1 verses 1 through 3 tells us, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. You may be familiar with Romans chapter 10, verses 8 through 10. Let us know that having the word buried deeply within our hearts, we have access to the salvation of the Lord. But what saith it? The word is nigh, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith, which we preach. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth, the Lord Jesus, and shall believe in thine heart that God have raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. We're called to embody the word of God and infuse it into every facet of our lives. And as we live with the word before us, we in turn draw others to God who gets the glory. Do we begin again to commend ourselves or need we as some others epistles of commendation to you or letters of commendation from you? Ye are epistles written in our hearts, known and read of all men. For as much as ye are manifestly declared to be the epistle of Christ ministered by us, written not with ink, but with the Spirit of the living God, not in tables of stone, 
but in fleshly tables of the heart. And such trust have we through Christ to Godward, not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything as of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God, who hath also made us ministers of the New Testament, not of the letter, but of the Spirit, for the letter killeth, but the Spirit giveth life. The writers at Lifeway Research express the following, Worship is a response, and the worship of God is our response to God. Who he is, his ways, purpose, and will. True worship requires that we engage God with our minds as we study his word and seek to grow in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. This is the truth component of spirit and truth worship, as written in John 4, 24. At the same time, true worship requires that we engage God with our hearts as the fullness of the Holy Spirit in us overflows and causes us to praise God in complete delight. This is the spirit component of spirit and truth worship. Our worship then should be passionate and spirit-filled because it is our whole person spirit responds to the truth of who God is for us in Christ. When we place God before any of our own desires and embrace his will for us, this is an act of worship. Worship requires that we sacrifice living by the status quo and go beyond the veil to have an intimate encounter with the Father. When we deny ourselves and take up the cross to follow Jesus, we deny our will to follow the flesh, which is the first step in developing a true relationship with God. Paul showed us in Romans chapter 7 that our flesh and our will do not What pleases the natural body must be put into subjection to the higher calling God has on our lives. When we surrender all to God and worship him in the beauty of holiness, we will see the fullness of what our lives should look like, be, and feel like as his children. Through worship, Though worship is about God and not us, true worship will build up believers in both mind and heart until we all attain to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to a man. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 26 through 40 reads, How is it then, brethren, when you come together, Every one of you have a psalm, have a doctrine, have a tongue, have a revelation, have an interpretation. Let all things be done unto edifying. 
when we worship God in fellowship with our sisters and brothers in Christ within our churches and communities, we help to build one another up, especially in times where some may be weak in their faith and spirit. While worship is an individual act, we invite the power of God to dwell in our midst. When we come together with the same mind to lift up our adoration to the Most High God. At the beginning of the episode, I mentioned how most people see worship as part of the weekly Sunday service. Romans 12 and 1 reads, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Worship is not a once and done act, but a daily choice to worship God in how we live, work, and play every single day of our lives. Worship to God requires effort and daily practice, not weekly visitations. In John chapter 14, Jesus laid out just how much God wants to be in our lives. He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me. And he that loveth me shall be loved of my father, and I will love him and will manifest myself to him. Judah said unto him, not Iscariot, Lord, how is it that thou wilt manifest thyself unto us, and not unto the world? Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words, and my father will love him, and will come unto him, and make abode with him. He that loveth me not keepeth not my sayings. And the word which ye hear is not mine, but the Father's which sent me. These things have I spoken to you, being yet present with you. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things, and bring all things to your remembrance, Whatsoever I have said unto you, peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth, give I unto you, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. So what does it mean to praise the Lord? What is worship in God's eyes? To put it simply, praise tears down the walls around our hearts by helping us focus on the Lord. And worship breaks up the follow ground of our hearts to receive from God. While anyone can praise, only those with God's spirit can be true worshipers. It is in worship where we go deeper in our understanding of who God is and our place in his plans for our lives. As you consider the words I've spoken to in today's podcast, think of John chapter 4, verse 23. But the hour cometh and now is 
when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father seeketh such to worship him. Are you ready to take your praise into worship and seek him in your life? Well, friends, that's all the time we have for this episode. I hope you have enjoyed today's episode, which was produced by Elder Maurice and Lady Satoya Clanton. Be safe, stay healthy, God bless.